Well, for me, certainly running my own business does allow me to have a lot more flexibility in my schedule, which is good because I do have two young kids. I've got a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. So I want to be available when they're home from school, be able to be there and be the, the stereotypical cookies and milk mom when they walk in the door and get to actually help them with their homework and play with them and make dinner and do all of those fun things. But then during the rest of the during the rest of the time when they're gone at school, I can work. Uh, you know, um, I go to occasional networking events in the evening, but I work when I want with whom I want. I get to pick my clients if mm-hmm. if I have a conversation with somebody and I know, you know, I can just sense that they're not in that place yet. I'll I'll either introduce them to another coach who might help them get to where they need to be with me, or I'll say, you know, look, we're not ready to work together yet. But when you do this, 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 and this, call me back. You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Welcome to Fuel Radio. On the line with me today is Jenny Bellinger. Jenny and I met at the New Media Summit a couple weeks ago. Seems like an age ago. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to let Jenny introduce herself through way of her story and that sort of thing. But Jenny is a network marketing coach and she's a speaker and uh, I loved her energy at the summit and uh, we made a bit of a connection there in the quick conversation that we had. And I'm so glad that she actually reached out to me and and followed through, which was awesome, and uh, and asked to for an interview, which is which is great. And I was gonna I was gonna reach out to her anyways, but she she got there before I did. So welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks for having me on, on Rod. I really appreciate it. Uh, so again, my name is Jenny Bellinger. Uh, the name of my company is Level Up Coaching LLC. Uh, I've been a direct sales coach and in the direct sales realm for over seven years now, but I have had my own company for over a year. Um, working exclusively with people in the direct sales um, arena. So I do small group coaching, private coaching, and then I'm also starting to get into my own podcast, which we'll be launching later this year as well. Great. Good for you. You know, as our listeners know, and as you know, the focus of the Fuel Radio podcast now is on the Wi-Fi lifestyle and, uh, you know, working where we want, when we want, with whom we want, and hopefully making lots of money <laughs> to support that lifestyle and, and the ones that we love. And uh, so just tell us a little bit about your story and your business. Let's, let's start with your network marketing business, first of all, because I, I think that, you know, some people are down on network marketing business, but I'm actually a big fan and I believe it's, it's one way, you know, it's another stream of income. It's, it's one way to create a uh, Wi-Fi lifestyle for sure. It's almost on paper. There's almost no better way to create a Wi-Fi lifestyle, you know? So tell us just a little, let's start by talking a little bit about your own experience with network marketing and the company and why you loved it and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, I actually got into network marketing back in 2010. I had been a stay-at-home mom for a while and before that had been a middle school science teacher, um, which we'll talk more about that and and that connection a little bit later. But um, So I had been invited to a jewelry fashion show for a company that's uh, uh, in the direct sales realm and as a guest to attend as a guest. And I live in the St. Louis area, um, so middle of the country, and this company was looking to expand into my area. They, they literally had virtually nobody. Um, I think the five people in the room that they had active at that point in time were the entire 
active number of people in St. Louis in that point in time. So it was this really great opportunity because there was virtually nobody doing it. So the market was nowhere close to saturated uh, with this particular company. And um, But the company had been around at that point in time for over 55 years. So it was this perfect storm of you know, the company being around for a while, but then it had a newness to the region where I was living, where, I, where I'm living. So I decided to go ahead and give it a try because this was at the height of the recession. So they were offering all kinds of incentives to get started. And so I thought, well, why not? I, you know, for, for a hundred bucks, you, you can't say no, right? That's <laughs> when else are you going to be able to get into a, a business for such a low financial investment? And, um, but having come from the world of education and being a stay-at-home mom, I didn't have a business background. So what I figured out very quickly was I really needed to figure that part out because I, I didn't want to just have this be a hobby because hobbies cost you money. They don't make you money, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. um, so I did not want this to be a bling habit because, uh, of course, the company was with jewelry. Uh, so I wanted this to become something that was going to actually provide for my family financially. So I started reading as many books as I could on the direct sales area, which it was still very predominantly called direct sales at the time and still kind of network marketing, direct sales, multi-level marketing, all those three terms kind of get used interchangeably, even though they're all slight, there's slight differences between all of them. But I, I read as many books as I could. I went to every training that my company offered. But then I also expanded out and started looking for other people who had been in other direct sales companies for a number of years because I want to be able to pick their brain. So what works in your company? What is, you know, how is it that you're still in business, you know, eight years, 10 years, 15 years in? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I learned very early on from Jack Canfield, you know, find yourself a mentor. Well, I was like, why one mentor if I can find like five? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anybody who's willing to share information about how I can be successful. And so I, I just, made sure that I continue continually was learning and growing and applying this information to my business. And over time, built a very successful direct sales business, made it about halfway up the ladder for that particular company, um, was making great money, had earned multiple trips, because of course, this company offered incentive trips, had earned the car bonus multiple times, had earned free product, you know, free business supplies, you know, the whole shebang. But one of the things that I figured out about in the last 18 months that I was in business was how much time I was spending with my team. I really, if I had a choice between calling someone on my team or calling uh, a hostess or a customer, I almost always selected calling someone on my team um, just because I'm, I'm so much in that education driven, I want to help other people succeed mode. And I figured out through all of my networking that what I was doing was coaching. And I was coaching my team to success and I was having other um, people ask me to help their team to um, also promote up and rank up in, in the company and, and finally figured out that the universe was speaking to me. <laughs> it was telling <laughs> me that it was uh, time, to, time to make a switch. And so I did make that shift. So I had been coaching in my company for about six years. I went and, get I went and was certified as a professional coach uh, in early 2017 and started my business as, as a direct sales coach. And I've been doing that for over a year now and have helped lots of clients double and even triple their income. 
Good, good. Well, towards the end of the interview, I want to get a few tips from you with regards to your coaching and stuff like that. I want to go right back to the beginning. You said you were teaching. What were some of the struggles? What what, what sort of thoughts were you having in the beginning? What was what was uh, what might have been holding you back, or what doubts right. did you have? Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the the first major obstacles that I had um, is probably something that every network marketer has ever had, especially if you're um, doing something that's more of a party plan type mm-hmm. business. Is I ran out of customers. I ran out of parties. Like my calendar was blank, and I was like. I, I don't know what to do, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and because I had already run through all my family in the area, all my friends who were willing to have a party had had a party. I was like, now what, you know, yeah, now yeah. what do I do? And at that particular time, I got introduced to a um, networking organization and I went and became a member and very quickly within six months, I was introduced to enough new people that my calendar was full again. I actually promoted within my first month of joining the networking um, organization because they introduced me to the people that I needed to meet in order to grow my business because I was doing the same for them. Great, great. What about being a teacher and going into business and that sort of thing? Did you always, did you always kind of feel like you had an entrepreneurial streak in you or, or bent? Well, uh, yeah. I knew that I wasn't your typical teacher um, because even <laughs> though even though I taught for five years, I didn't have a traditional teaching position. I wasn't in a classroom with the same twenty five or hundred kids because I was in the I was at the middle school level. I actually worked at a a field trip destination for schools, an educational field trip destination. And I was the education coordinator, so I kind of had a slightly different teaching position to where I actually trained teachers to get their kids ready to bring them to us so that we could take their kids to space. <laughs> so, yeah. it, so I was never really your traditional teacher anyway, but for me, I was able to take all of that because I was a trainer in my teaching position. I was able to take that and, and utilize those training techniques that I was using as a teacher and use that with my team and help them be able to learn and then utilize what I knew worked as a trainer and educator to help them implement what they were learning instead of just saying, okay, here, I gave it to you. You know, now what? Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to, to walk them through the process and help them literally coach them without knowing that that's what I was doing, coach them through implementing these things and, and putting into place, you know, what are the consequences if you don't do this? What are the rewards if you do do this? You know, all those coaching things that you do Mm -hmm. um, in your business. So I was able to take a lot of that information that I used as a teacher and apply those same things in my business. What was the launch like for you? Let's talk about both launches, launching your coaching business and launching your direct sales business. It sounds like direct sales just really took off right away and and then stalled eventually. But did you have any problems launching or, or did it go pretty smoothly as far as the uh, direct sales business was concerned? For me, I, I thought it went really well um, because launching my direct sales business, it started with a party, which everybody, anybody who spends any time with me knows, Jenny knows how to party. So, <laughs> perfect so, business model for you. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, it started with a party and I invited as many people as I thought would be interested in finding out about the jewelry, you know, possibly buying the jewelry. Cause of course that's the first thing you got to do is you got to be able to sell the product. Mm-hmm. But then I also tried to be smart about it and invite people who would be willing to have the parties, you know, but then from there, I also on my own 
had asked everybody who came, would you do me a favor to help me start my business? Bring one person with you that I don't know. Great idea. Yeah. Because that's how I, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't asking my friends and family all the time because I knew that that was a <laughs> limited circle. And once I yeah. exhausted that, I was done. Right. So, and what, what was interesting for me and, I, and when I started, um, when I looked back and started implementing that idea with all of my team members is what's interesting is the people who actually book the parties are the people who didn't know me. Mm, wow. The people who knew me were like, oh, well, they booked, so it's all good, right? So then after I had gone through having parties with the people that I didn't know and booked with their friends and family, and then I was kind of slowing down, then I contacted my family and said, okay, I've done all of those parties. Would you be willing to introduce me to three or four people that you don't think I know? That's great. A lot of people do it the other way around, don't they? They start with their with their friends and family and... and uh but that's right. great that you already had a track record of success and then you you talked to some of your family and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where, you know, I tried to be very strategic when I started my business because I knew that I wanted this to be a business. And if I was going, if I was going to do this, I was going all in. I nice. was not. I was not gonna, you know, as they say, I was. I was not gonna half-ass it. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was all in and really making sure that I was being as strategic as possible. And and it it works out very well to do it that way if if you're in a party plan style uh, business. Obviously, that was one of your keys to success. Hey, eh? was just being all in. Like I think some people are kind of really tentative and not sure. And but it sounds like you just decided right from the get go that you were gonna give it give it your all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A, a major key to success, and this is applicable to any business, is, sure. to, is to really have the mindset of, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This, you know, um, because I was not going to go back into teaching. I did not want to be working 80 hours a week for, you know, $35,000, $40,000 a year. I wanted to be able to work 20 hours a week and and have unlimited opportunity to make exactly. as much as I wanted. Yeah. So for me, having that all-in mindset and making that decision up front, and it and there's you can't be wibbly wobbly about it. You can't. It's got to be 100% all-in. You are putting all of your energy and available time that's not spent with family and friends to this business and treat it like a business, mm-hmm. not like a hobby, not like a side gig. Right. Did you, and, and I think there's a temptation with that, with, with these kinds of businesses, but they, you know, I've seen it growing up that it's, it's a very real business. Like if you throw yourself into it and, and probably the people that are the most successful are the people that are business-like about it and just, because then they realize, oh, it's just like any other business. I mean, every business owner faces rejection. It doesn't matter if you're in direct sales, network marketing, or running the corner store, <laughs> there's there's re- there's rejection that's that's a part of it that's just one example right so right. it's yeah it when people treat it like a business when they when they schedule time to make calls when they schedule time to follow up with their current customers when they're scheduling time to go out and network that's one of the things that a lot of people in direct sales don't do mm-hmm. um, just because it's a that's a traditional business practice right. that they don't know really applies to them. So they don't always go out and go into networking situations or if they do, <laughs> yeah. they go into it um, kind of like a poker dealer and they try <laughs> and give out as many of their cards as possible oh, yeah, instead yeah. of trying to make strategic connections with people who are most likely to be 
their potential customers or know the same kind of people that they're going, that they're looking for. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest difference in my networking lately as I used to be so uptight about, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert anyways. And now I just kind of, I just go with the attitude that I'm going to meet who I'm supposed to meet. And I don't go there like a shark trying to, you know, bite, chew, (laughs) take a bite out of as many people as I possibly can or hand out as many business cards, like you say. And, you know, inevitably, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I might make only one or two good contacts, but that's probably all I would have made anyways, even handing out all the cards. I don't piss off as many people. Right. (laughs) Exactly. I've known people who, when they go to certain networking events, they have, it works really well for guys, especially, but I've seen some women do this with their purses, but what they'll do is they'll have, they'll have four pockets. They have a pocket, one pocket that has their own business cards in it, but then they've got three other pockets. One pocket, you know, if somebody just like hands them the card without even really talking to them or getting to know them or anything, <laughs> and by the end of the conversation, they have no interest in that person, yeah. that, that goes into the pocket that like recycle file is, or, you know, the, this goes in the trash bin as soon as I get home, right? Yeah. There's another pocket that's like, well, I think I'd like to follow up with them. And then a third pocket of 100% need to call this person. Like, th- these are great connections for me. So, and too many times I, I, I see the people who I know who do that walking out with their trash pile <laughs> or their <laughs> trash pocket is full. Yeah. And, there are other pockets, not so much. But when you're, if you're networking intelligently and effectively, then what you're doing is exactly right. Go in and make one or two great connections um, with people who have either similar customers or clients that, that you do. So you guys can pass business back and forth or someone who conversely may just be a great customer or client for you. But mm. just keeping in mind that, uh, that when you walk into a networking opportunity, Everybody there is trying to sell something. Yeah, right. Nobody walks into a networking opportunity thinking, I'm going to buy something. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does. They're yeah. all they're trying to sell. Yeah. So oftentimes when I go into a networking situation, I don't even talk about what it is that I do because what I want to do is provide value for people first such that they want to get to know me and they're asking me. So I get to know who they are, what their business is. And then I ask them, who are the connections that you need to make to grow your business this year? Yeah. And then I will try and connect them to either other people who I know in the room or other people who I know. So I'll take, I'll ask for their card and I'll write down the names of the people that I want to introduce them to. And then I'll take it home and make those introductions in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Such good advice. That's great. Um, Let's move on a little bit. So it sounds like you had pretty good success in that in that business, and uh, you're you're living the Wi-Fi lifestyle. So certainly to a certain extent, you're not teaching anymore. You're not you're not working a traditional nine to five. Nope, not at all. My uh, level up coaching is one hundred percent my business, and where I I focus all of my work time to. Great. So. You know, when you think about the different characteristics of a Wi-Fi lifestyle that I've been explaining, you know, where you're, you're free to work when you want, where you want, and with whom you want. Uh, it was interesting being in San Diego a couple of weeks ago because, you know, there was a couple of emergencies that I had to take care of, but I was able to just pull up my laptop during the conference and take care of those things. You know, business suffered a little bit <laughs> yeah. that long. It was a long time to, to be away, but I was able to catch up when I, when I got home. So, but anyways... 
just thinking about the different characteristics of a Wi-Fi business, what are a couple elements that you are experiencing? And, and tell us about those a little bit. Well, for me, certainly running my own business does allow me to have a lot more flexibility in my schedule, which is good because I do have two young kids. I've got a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, so I want to be available when they're home from school. Mm. Um you know, be able to be there and 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 be the the stereotypical cookies and milk mom when they walk in the door and get to actually help them with their homework and play with them and make dinner and do all of those fun things. But then, you know, during the rest of the during the rest of the time when they're gone at school, I can work. Uh, you know, um, I go to occasional networking events in the evening, but I work when I want with whom I want. I get to pick my clients if mm-hmm. if I have a conversation with somebody and. I know, you know, I can just sense that they're not in that place yet. I'll, I'll either introduce them to another coach who might help them get to where they need to be with me, or I'll say, you know, look, we're not ready to work together yet, but when you do this, 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 and this, call me back, you know? So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at a point where I can pick my clients and that's, that's really nice to be able to do. That's great. I, one of the keys I think to living a Wi-Fi lifestyle is leverage. So, which is basically, uh, working smarter and not harder. There's a bunch of different ways to look at leverage, but uh, how are you leveraging yourself and, and leverage, what, what sort of leverage do you have in, in, in your business currently? Well, for me, I really think it's about the connections that I have to provide uh, extra services for my clients that I don't necessarily provide. Nice. Um, so I've got a connection to a hypnotist who, as I'm working with a client, if I notice that we're having repeated blocks in a certain area and I've pulled out every tool in the toolbox that I have and none of them is working for that client, I can hook them up with a hypnotist who will actually help them break down that mental block and and get around it so that way we can keep working and continue working on their forward motion. I've got connections to counselors because as a coach, I work with people from the time that I meet them and moving them forward any traumatic or negative or bad things that happened in their life before me, I'm not trained, certified, nor licensed (laughs) in those areas. So I have counselors that, you know, so I have all of these different connections. You know, I have financial advisors that I can connect them to, to help them get their financial arena in place. I have health coaches. I have, I have uh, high school coaches for my clients who have uh, high school kids who are trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. You know, so <laughs> I have connections to lots of other coaches. You know, and yeah. in fact, that's probably one of the top areas that I actually refer to are other coaches. You know, my focus is on network marketing and, and helping you with your business and your life revolving around that. But there's other areas that when people bring it up, I go, yeah, no, that's not me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I prefer to work in this area. So I, I actually, I think it's my connections that really are, are it's the biggest thing that I'm leveraging in my, in my life right now. That's great. So, you know, why become an entrepreneur? Why are you doing what you're doing and, and why sort of go after this Wi-Fi lifestyle. You mentioned a couple of of young kids. I'm sure that's part of the re- or part of the reason. Maybe a big part of the reason. You're yeah, that's doing what that's you're doing. a major that's a major part of that. Um, yeah. I think I also really enjoy being my own boss. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, totally. While, while I I am very friendly, outgoing, and can can deal with almost any anybody. And I certainly, when I was in in the work 
workforce um, always had very good reviews. I much prefer not having to answer to anybody but me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but the, the opposite side of that is the fact that the only person I have to answer to is me. <laughs> right. Yes. So I think that's very true. I think that's a struggle that a lot of entrepreneurs have mm-hmm. is, is the, you know, I'm my own greatest boss. I'm also my own worst boss. So, but for me, that's, that's why I love being an entrepreneur is just that, that flexibility of my schedule. And so this summer when my kids are out of school, if I want to take a day and go to go take them to the zoo, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, nobody, nobody's breathing down my neck, getting mad at me for it. So, right. But that's a great reason to have a coach too, isn't it? That, uh, you know, that you are, you're still accountable to someone and uh, you know that someone's going to be asking you the hard questions and, but it's still, the responsibility is still yours. You know, it's not, it's not the coach's responsibility to, to get the stuff done. But yeah, I think, I think every entrepreneur actually wrote, I've been writing an article today on the Wi-Fi lifestyle. And part of it was just, you know, my last point was I think every entrepreneur should have a coach. So if if you're in direct sales and your upline or whatever is not great at coaching you, then you might want to seek out someone else who can who can help you, I guess. That's that's where you come in, right? Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that I have figured out is uh, the clients who come to me aren't coming to me because their upline isn't great. Their their upline is great, but they're great at training. Their mm. upline is great at giving them information about the company. Their right. upline is great at giving them information about the product or the service. What their upline doesn't know how to do is how to coach them through the process and how to hold their hold their team member accountable in such a way that they feel the responsibility rather than um, they feel nagged. Right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uplines worry about, well, I don't want my team members to like think that I'm bugging them and blah, 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 because they have a financial stake in having that conversation. Yeah. Whereas when they're when a client is working with me, I make my money whether they succeed or not, right? So sure. they may as well succeed. <laughs> <laughs> whereas whereas somebody who's got who's upline to them, they're they're going into that conversation with a very different a, a very different approach because they mm-hmm. have a financial stake in whether or not that person does it. And so mm-hmm. that changes that colors how their team member takes any information or possible criticisms. Mm-hmm. Or they, what they may feel like are criticisms, whereas from coming from their coach, it's not about me. It's about the client. Sure. We, we've probably answered this. We've touched on it a little bit. But as a marketer, when I put my marketing hat on, one of my biggest frustrations with business owners and, and even coaches is they don't know what problem they solve. So what, <laughs> what do you think is the biggest problem that you solve in your business? For me, the biggest pain points uh, that my clients come to me for is uh, they, they their sales aren't where they want them to be, mm-hmm. or they don't have team members who who are working for them. So oh, I wow. help them find their high performing team members and mm-hmm. and identify them even before they bring them onto their team, um, as well as inspire their current team members to become high performing team members. So I work on sales and team. Excellent. Good. And maybe you can give us, a. you maybe have some other tips in mind, but that's, and that's fine. But do you have some tips regarding that or just share with us a couple things that, sure. that, that'd be helpful to, uh, to people who are in direct sales? Absolutely. Well, one of the biggest things that 
people, my clients, who, when they come to me and have that conversation about sales, is they're really worried about seeming like they're naggy or pushy, or they don't want to have that yucky feel of selling, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so what I do is I actually work with them on mindset. So it's if you are really concerned about the sale, then it's about you. Right. So if you go into a conversation with somebody who's a potential client or if you go into a party um, with the idea that what you're going to do is help them make the best educated buying decision, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. do what's best for them, not what's best for you. So right. even though you want them to buy that hundred dollar necklace if they're never going to wear it because it's not their personal style or, you know, whatever it may be, or if it, you know, if you're in the, the kitchen, let's say you're in a kitchen product company, you, you want them to buy that $500 pot. Well, they're, they've already told you, I don't cook, you know, <laughs> so buying a $500 pot is not going to be a great value for them. So then what you want to do is look through your products and, and find, okay, so what are the things that are good for people who don't cook? Well, maybe it's, you know, some microwavable products, you know, mm. something that can help them do faster, healthier microwave meals if they don't feel comfortable using a stove, you know, mm -hmm. do what's best for the client and the potential client. And they're going to sense that it's about them, that you're listening to them and paying attention to them. And then it's not about the sale. Then it's really about helping them come to the best decision that benefits you both. Fantastic. That's great. Do you have a client story? I love hearing client stories of someone that you've, like a raving fan, someone that you've really, really helped. Can you tell us a quick story real quick? Uh, yeah, actually, I just had a great conversation with one of my clients today. And she actually said, you know, one of the, one of the things that I'm doing in my life now because of coaching with you is I'm actually taking care of myself, mm. which I wasn't doing before you know, because over and over, we kept having this conversation of, well, what are you doing for yourself? How are you filling your cup? Because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? right? So how are you taking care of your health? How are you taking care of you? What are you doing for you to enhance your life such that when you're helping others, you have more to give? Yes. So that was just really nice to hear that I'm doing this because of you, but it's because <laughs> of me and because of you. <laughs> it was just a really fun thing to have somebody acknowledge that they've taken something from coaching that is bettering their life. Yeah, nice. It's it's beautiful. It uh, that's why I love the coaching process. Is often the thing's not the thing, you know. <laughs> right. You know, like they they come to you wanting to improve their sales, but the thing that's going to improve their sales might be taking taking better care of themselves and, right. and fill, filling the bucket first before and and then it almost sales isn't secondary it just sort of happens more naturally or whatever you know it really does because yeah. if you're not coming from a place of desperation mm -hmm. if you're coming from a place of let me help you find what's best for you and then you really listen and 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 find what what the best fit for them is people people sense that you know when you go into a conversation with the the belief of if i can help enough other people get what they want mm -hmm. i'll get what i want right the zig ziglar yeah. quote so right it works out really well in a lot of different situations yeah that's great 
Good. We're going to wrap that part of the interview up. We have just a few more questions. We call this the Fuel Radio Speed Round. And uh, I'm just interested to know if you've got, uh, as, a, as a coach, I'm sure you have lots of these, but I want you to pick one, a recent book or a blog or a video or a movie or a podcast or an article or a person, some resource that's inspired you lately inspired me lately. The most recent book that I've started reading, and I don't know if I don't know if you allowed cursing on your your show, but go for it. I might bleep it name, out, but go for it. <laughs> right, it's, it's the name of the book and it's called oh. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a f- <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. So and what I love about that is the fact that it's not about, you know, caring so much. It's about you care so much that you're willing to let go of some things. Yeah. So it's it's a really cool book and it, it really gives some great actionable things that you can put into place right away. I like that. I went through a phase where that phrase uh, helped me a lot. <laughs> I think, <laughs> like, how has it helped you? How has reading that book helped you? For me, it was really just um, helping me prioritize in certain situations and being able to go, okay, is this going to serve me, serve my kids, serve my business, or none of the above, Mm. right? Kind of figuring those things out and from there deciding, okay, so do I really give up an F, (laughs) you know, about this if it's not going to serve any of those three purposes? Yeah. so it sounds like it's the book is more about being purpose driven than really just not caring, right? Like it helps right. you to focus in on your purpose and what serves you and your family. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really about being so passionate about your life or your business or your family or whatever your focus may be, being mm-hmm. so passionate about it that you're willing to let go and not give an F about those other things. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's yeah, about letting go. That sounds great. I'll, I'll have to look that. I, I mean, I've seen it out there for a while and I love the title, so I'll have to check it out. It's a fun one. <laughs> and talking about a Wi-Fi lifestyle, do you have a business tool like an app or software or something that enhances your Wi-Fi lifestyle? Oh, absolutely. One of the things that, and I have no problem sharing this because my clients all know I do it. I schedule texts. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I pre-schedule texts. So yes. if I know that my a client has said that, um, that they want to complete something by Friday, I do proactive accountability. So I reach out to them on Wednesday and say, Hey, you said you wanted to do this thing by Friday. How far along are you on that oh, I project? See. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's what I call proactive accountability because reactive accountability is contacting them on Friday at five o'clock and say, <laughs> Hey, did you do that thing? And they go, no. Well, yeah. now it's Friday at five o'clock. It's too late. Yeah. How does that help them? So I do proactive accountability. So I pre-schedule those texts. So it's not. So I'm not having to stop in the middle of a coaching session with somebody else or take time away from networking or spending time with family to send the text that they requested at a particular time. Mm. So I use an app to pre-schedule my texts. Okay. Can you name the app? What's the, what's the app called? Yeah, uh, I'm on Android. And okay. so it, the app is called SMS Scheduler. Okay, cool. I'm going to look that up. I'll see if there's anything for, I'm sure there's something for iPhone oh, there's as well. plenty so. of them for iPhone as well. I just, yeah. I don't have an iPhone. I don't have to, I don't have to <laughs> utilize that. And last question, do you have an inspiring cause or a nonprofit that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yes, I have been spending my time, talent, and resources working with a group called Call for Help. Mm-hmm. It is a um, a group here in in Southern Illinois, in the in the St. Louis region, that helps people with either homelessness or um, the area that I help the most with are women who have been through a sexual assault. 
Mm. And so the reason I want to be in there and, and be a part of that recovery period is because so many of them are coming from a very dark place that mm-hmm. seeing light and moving forward is very difficult for them. So to have somebody to guide them through and, and begin to set goals begin Mm -hmm. to figure out how to, okay, so I want to buy a house. Well, in order to buy a house, I'm going to need to have a down payment. How am I going to make money for the down payment? Like breaking down their goals into actionable daily, weekly, monthly steps that Mm -hmm. they can actually take to to move their life forward um, to help them heal. Excellent. Sounds like a coaching process. (laughs) It it really is. Yeah. (laughs) It really is. Right on. And Jenny, our Jenny, I know from our uh, pre-interview conversation that you have something to offer our listeners. So maybe tell us just a little bit about that. I do. I have written an article. Uh, it's called "The Three Horrible Habits That Even Direct Sales Professionals Make." Um, <laughs> and it, what it does is it helps break down here are some things that uh, that you don't. These are habits that you don't want to develop in your business. And if you work towards doing the opposite of these, you'll be more successful. So, if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or uh, anywhere else that you might find FuelRadio.com, we'll have that listed in our show notes. Well, thank you, Jenny. I can tell that you are an awesome coach and uh, I I just get a really good sense from you in our conversation today. And like I did in our very first conversation. And uh, so, yeah, I wish you every success and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you so much, Rod. I really appreciate that. And I, I really enjoyed the interview. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Fuel Radio. 